I've encountered a lot of openness among the refugees that I teach. More, more than I had expected. I expected there would be some resistance to a spiritual practice that comes from the outside, that there would be a sense that yoga is you know, haram and forbidden in Islam or, or something like that, and, and none of that actually has played itself out. Welcome to Yoga with Impact, a podcast interviewing experts who are sharing yoga and healing practices in diverse communities. My name is Danielle Beck, and I'm the co-founder of the Yoga Impact Charity, an organization sharing evidence-based yoga globally. Today, I'm talking with Mini Yadavampar, the founder of Tools for Inner Peace, an organization sharing yoga with refugees. Listeners might be familiar with the benefits of yoga for refugees, cited in the Yoga Impact Charity's research, showing a reduction in post-traumatic stress disorder within nine classes and a reduction in depression within 12 classes. I talked today with Minna about her journey as a peacekeeper working for the United Nations in Kosovo to later becoming a yogi and founder of Tools for Inner Peace. We discuss how she shares yoga with people from a variety of different cultures and religions, how she has established yoga programs with refugees in Lebanon, the research that informs Minna's work, ways to get involved in Tools for Inner Peace, and Minna's advice for making change in the world. Joining me today is Minna Yadvanpar from Tools for Inner Peace. Hi, Minna. Hi, Danielle. Lovely to talk to you. So you found yoga seeking balance and calm in your own life. What impact did yoga have on your world when you first discovered it? Well, at the time I was, I was working in Kosovo. I, I was working for the UN a peacekeeping mission in Kosovo, and I was in charge of a very volatile town divided between ethnic Albanians and ethnic Serbs, and there was rising tension and uh, and I could feel that there was violence coming. And for about 10 nights, I hadn't slept at all. And a friend of mine decided to drag me to a yoga class, my first yoga class ever. And I found relaxation that I hadn't felt for about three months to that point and realized that there was something in yoga that was worth pursuing for me. And so it sounds like you began a very inward journey from that point. but then things start to turn outward and you go on an, an evolution and begin working with other people and establish tools for inner peace. Can you share a bit about that evolution? It took a, it took a little while from when, when I first started practicing yoga. I, um, I ended up about 10 years after I started practicing yoga, I ended up going to an ashram in India and spending a couple of years there. And while I was in India, I realized that I wasn't going to go back to my previous life and career with the UN and that I was going to do something with the yoga that I'd been learning. And I'd for a long time, for years, I'd thought that I would end up somehow in the Middle East. And while I was there in the ashram and contemplating where I was heading, I met a couple of women who were who were there from Lebanon who'd come for a four-month course while I was there for a two-year training and we hit it off and they invited me to come to Lebanon and I and I sort of enjoyed their hospitality here in Beirut and 
and they introduced me around to yoga teachers and through the yoga teachers I ended up in some of the refugee settlements in Bekaa Valley and met a lovely organization that I that I'm still partnering with called Salam or Peace and that's where it started from I, I started developing a yoga project for the refugees on the basis of what I knew had helped me and what could help them in overcoming distress, trauma, um, and anxiety, and, and all the difficulty in facing the life that they were leading. Tools for Inner Peace is a, it's a very micro-level organization that I founded when I came out of my time in the ashram with a few other uh, friends and colleagues who, who've been working in different fields of uh, both the sort of diplomatic work that I used to do, uh, journalism, psychotherapy, yoga. And, and we felt that there was something in the tools from yoga that could really benefit people who, who, had, um, who had seen war, especially, and who had lived in, in conflict and were still carrying that conflict with them. And so in early 2016, we founded this little organization. And, and the vision of it is really just to spread the tools of yoga that have helped us and to help use those to bring peace, first inner peace, and hopefully with a much broader vision, hopefully also that peace inside can translate into peace within communities and and peace within nations and, and and a broader sense of peace. And how have you managed sharing the practice with people from a range of cultures and religions and languages? Well, I'm I'm ashamed to say that I haven't learned Arabic, even though I've been here in Lebanon since early 2017. But I have a wonderful translator who's now translated probably 300 yoga classes for me. And, um, and she's very sensitive, very well attuned to, to the work. I find that I've actually, I, there's been, I've encountered a lot of openness among the refugees that I teach more, more than I had expected. I expected there would be some resistance to a spiritual practice that comes from the outside, that there would be a sense that yoga is you know, haram and forbidden in Islam or, or something like that. And, and none of that actually has played itself out because I think that people connect to what the, the this sense of well-being that they get from the yoga and they connect also to the fact here very much that it's not just a physical practice, it's a practice for managing the mind, it's a, it's a practice for managing the emotions. And they I think they do connect to it also as a, as a spiritual practice, uh, but a spiritual practice which doesn't interfere with their religion, which is compatible with any religion. I try to also make it, I've been careful not to use mantras, for example. I do that when, when I work with students who, are, who, are more, who trust me, who are more comfortable with me, then I start introducing om chanting or, or some simple mantra. But with the with regular refugee classes, I keep all of that out. So we don't even start the class with om, we just do some palming and and at the end of the class we do often do brahmari or the humming bee breath to create that sense of uh, some kind of mantra vibration or not mantra exactly but a, a similar vibration to the sound om so I, tr- I just try to strip away anything that could 
could um, trigger people or or set people off or or keep people from coming to the yoga classes because I think it's so valuable for them to be able to experience the well-being that comes with the yoga. Absolutely. I'm curious about um, what are some of the challenges that you faced when sharing yoga with such diverse communities? Was it difficult to get people involved in the beginning or finding an interpreter? Um, for me, it's actually been, it's been quite a, it's, it's all flowed since I started. It feels like I, I met the right people to set up the classes. I mentioned Salam, LADC, Salam, Lebanese Association for Development and Communication, who are very open to hosting a yoga project and who already had good contacts in refugee settlements around Bekaa Valley. And so I piggybacked on what they'd already set up on the ground and and started my classes in the settlements that they'd been working with and where they already had some trust. And then I introduced myself around to other NGOs that were working in Bekaa Valley and and just went around asking if, if their beneficiaries might be interested in yoga. And so I've really, I haven't gone, gone out to search for the participants personally i've i've gone through different organizations grassroots organizations that already have uh, good relationships of trust with the refugees and who are offering some kind of psychosocial psychosocial support programs and many of the psychotherapists that work in these organizations have really warmed the idea of bringing yoga to their students so they often recommend it as a as a kind of adjunctive therapy to to their their clients and so it, it hasn't it hasn't been a problem for me finding people it's it's really been i feel like i've i've just had a lot of support and a lot of very good energy um in building up the the project and you mentioned psychotherapists and healthcare workers. Can you talk to me about some of the work that Tools for Inner Peace are doing with that community as well? Well, we we've been we've done a few trainings. So, for example, uh, Relief International that works with uh, with a lot of vulnerable cases in also in Bekaa Valley invited us to train their team of psychotherapists and social workers. So that's been a wonderful opportunity to give some simple practices of yogic relaxation, of um, pranayama breathing techniques that they can use for themselves, but also they can, in the very simple form, they can help uh, their clients with um, giving the simplest things like abdominal breathing uh, even to elderly people who are lying in bed or um, or people in um, wheelchairs or so there there's been a lot of receptivity and interest also from the community of people who who are working in the in the support sector we also do we've done yearly trainings in the uk for a group of psychotherapists and yoga teachers or bringing in yoga ter- yoga teachers and psychotherapists from from various backgrounds who are working with vulnerable people in the UK and training them on yoga for trauma 
and again, there's there's a lot of receptivity, a lot of interest. Anytime we we post uh, these courses, we we get a lot of people interested because there's clearly a demand for for understanding how these simple practices from yoga can can be used to support people with with anxiety, stress, depression, trauma. I want to mention the host of academic research describing the benefits of yoga for trauma survivors. Can you explain how that informs your work? Yeah, there's actually there, there's there's a there's a great quantity of academic research coming out these days about yoga for trauma. Although I'd have to say that a lot of it is not is it, it doesn't seem very high quality. Um, so there's a particular group in Colombia that um, that we draw on a lot because they've been doing some very thorough very um, well-documented research on yoga for trauma and, uh, and other conditions, and that's Duna. Uh, they, they have a kind of both a very practical arm, which, which has been training former fighters in Colombia, both from the FARC side. And uh, so both, both uh, um, the uh, guerrillas and also from the from the government side, um, training former fighters who are rehabilitating that, being rehabilitated and reintegrated into society. And they have they have offered a, a, a yoga training of twelve weeks, no, sixteen weeks actually, for thousands of former fighters. And from that um, from that base, they did a research project with about a hundred former fighters and found the PTSD or post traumatic stress disorder um, symptoms coming down dramatically by about forty percent in the the people who are trained through this sixteen week yoga program, and the effects lasted not just in the immediate aftermath, but for six months after in the, in the follow-up part of the study. So that's particularly been a, a piece of research that, um, that I've been struck by. And also we've wanted to emulate, we'd like to try to, to do a similar project, similar research projects here in Lebanon eventually, although we've had some, some difficulties getting that off the ground, um, and, and now is particularly not probably the time to do it. But once once things return back to normal, where we can uh, where we can have gather people together and start these uh, these yoga classes, that would where we would have some uh, a research component. We'll try to do that. What are some of the other aspects that you'd like to to develop and build on in in tools for inner peace in the future? Well, we're trying to to focus more and more on training. So I've been here in Lebanon now over three years and teaching classes directly, but we're starting to come to the understanding that we, we have to we have to create a community of local teachers who can deliver the classes so that we can extend our reach. And so I've started a small group of women from the refugee settlements that I've been working with who are particularly keen, who are particularly uh, regular in their yoga practice, and I've started training them to teach others. It's a very simple training. Many of the women are themselves they're illiterate, so we can't use a lot of we can't use written materials. Uh, we have to it has to all be communicated orally, and it's actually amazing to see 
these women who are illiterate and have very few skills, kind of formal skills in life, how well they pick up the yoga, how well they're, I asked, I, I give them a class and then I ask them to teach the class back to me. And it's amazing how much they pick up, how much they absorb. So I'm really pleased with, with this training project, which we started at the beginning of the year. And there's right. also another group. Um, I'm trying to, there's a group of young people in Tripoli. This is outside of Bekaa Valley. This is in the northern part of Lebanon, where there's been a great interest and, and several of the students there are really keen to go further. So we're planning to do a kind of long-term training cycles over the next year or two to train some of them to also teach to others and especially teach to vulnerable communities within Lebanon. How might someone get involved in Tools for Inner Peace who's listening? Well, we, we, have, a, we have a call for volunteers on our website. So that's one opportunity to, to get onto our website. And uh, we, we tend to invite volunteers to come for at least two months so that they, they can actually get fully involved in the work and make a contribution um, we're of course always also excited to have uh, people supporting uh, from a, from remote, uh, f- supporting remotely by by donating, by supporting uh, through spreading the word about what we do. Um, and at the moment, we actually have because of the lockdown, I I have uh, some online classes being taught from London <laughs> for my students in Lebanon. Uh, by a fellow yoga teacher in London. So there, there are lots of opportunities to, to get involved. Uh, the best thing is just to, to write to us uh, the, through the website or, or uh, the email address is tools for inner peace with a number four, numerical four, toolsforinnerpeace at gmail.com. You've had such a profound effect on others' lives in your former work and in your work currently. Uh, what's your advice for someone who's wanting to create meaningful change in the world? That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> I think that I think we all have to find our own. I, I'm going to quote Joseph Campbell on this: uh, "To follow your bliss, you have to find the thing that that most um, most touches you to the core, and that you want to." to share with others and that you want to bring as the change in the world. I think that it has to start from, from that inner desire to, to give and to, to help others and finding your own expression of what that is rather than thinking first institutional and structural and, and, and having grand visions. I feel like it's important to start from, from just what feels right to be working with in your own self and, and what you can share and then allowing that to organically grow. And Tools for Inner Peace is still very, very small because we haven't, we haven't really invested a lot in thinking about uh, growing ourselves administratively or, or, or reaching uh, beyond the small um, footprint that we have at the moment. But I feel like organically over time it grows because it becomes clear what happens, what needs to happen next. Minna, it's wonderful to hear about the way that you and Tools for Inner Peace are sharing the practice with some of the world's most vulnerable people. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Lovely to talk to you, Danielle. 
You can find links to Tools for Inner Peace and the Colombian organization Duna that Mina referred to in the podcast notes. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Dr. Satbir Khalsa, assistant professor at Harvard Medical School, who's been researching yoga for the past two decades. For more information about the Yoga Impact Charity, including our recently launched 200-hour yoga teacher training and the ways that we're having impact, you can head to yogaimpactcharity.com.